Welcome to Hookah Chats with Matt and Ethan, a podcast where two friends catch up and talk about whatever nerdy stuff comes to mind, usually over hookah. Enjoy. My poor dog, who's large for his species Mm -hmm. and jet black, has been laying on the floor for like two days now, just like, shoot me. (laughs) (laughs) because it's been so hot and humid and it's been raining but that hasn't abated any of the heat so yeah how's life in virginia it's okay we we got a uh thunderstorm today so it's not super duper hot anymore at least not right now yeah it was like 100 degrees these last couple of days and uh yesterday i started given this weird feeling in my throat like uh-huh. like kind of hurts but not really and then i woke up and it's literally the exact same feeling it got no worse or better but i started taking uh like a crap ton of like cough drops like halls which right. you know makes your nose run because of all the vapors and so now my brain's like well you're dying of covid19 don't you know that <laughs> can you still and, taste everything yeah everything's fine like, oh, okay. like i'm like i'm still fine but like you know i've just been responding to all these symptoms that i'm doing to myself like right. like i'm like i'm like oh i got my my throat doesn't even really hurt like what what it, what's really happening is my and i've known this has been going on for a few days like for the last like two weeks, my ears have been clogged. And just because that's just how my body is, sometimes with allergies and shit, my ears get clogged. And like this ear down to here is is like basically I'm having drainage, which is uh-huh. irritating this part of my, my throat back here. And I go, Well, it must this be is it. must be this and this is it. is it. I've infected my <laughs> child, you know, we're all done. And so I was like, 30 minutes before you got on, I like a complete moron. You know, we should not talk about COVID for this podcast, but like, <laughs> but like, like Please, a total, I, we've had enough, but go yeah, ahead. Like, like a total idiot. I, I'm like, you know, reading something about like breakthrough cases, which, hey, with the Delta variant, there are more breakthrough cases than there were with the original variant. Um, but it's still pretty rare. Right. And and I'm reading things like, you know, anecdotal, like folks being like, this is how it felt when I had my breakthrough case. And and I'm like, oh, my God, that's me. And but really, it's just been me all day bothering my throat and giving me myself a runny nose. And, you know, (laughs) and so it's just it's just been ridiculous. So I tried to I like looked up like maybe I can get a covid test and nothing's open right now. And like, like I'm like, what do I it's fine. You know, that's like, that's like, you're fine. You don't have COVID. And I'm like, I could be, I could though. And I've just infected Adrea. You're probably fine. Cause you've got Pfizer and Pfizer's way better than Johnson and Johnson. And you know, which is also bullshit. Like I'm just making shit up now, like in my yeah. brain. Well, we're constantly bombarded with all this information all the time, conflicting information. It's easy to get confused and paranoid. And I think, hypochondriosis is becoming a problem for some people and (laughs) you know yeah so i mean i suppose if tomorrow everything is much worse then maybe maybe there's something going on but i really think i'm okay like i think i'm okay i think that it's just i'm clogged up and sometimes bodies do this you know well rest rest assured even if you are covid positive which i'm not saying that you are but since you've had the vaccine, at least you're probably not going to die. I mean, 99.7% right. of the people that are dying from COVID nowadays are unvaccinated. So why anybody would want to refuse to get a vaccine just based on that number alone is astounding to me. But, you know, we've we've politicized it to a point where it's not really about what's best for people anymore. So no, definitely not. Definitely not. And I'm just more worried about Andrea because she's right. not vaccinated. Right. That that would bother me. Like if I somehow managed to find a place to get tested in the next couple of days, 
but like i don't think i'm going to because i i don't anticipate getting worse like it's probably once again it's probably fine right if there is some kind of if i am sick at all it's probably just i'm sick with something you know it's not yeah anything like that so not everything is COVID anymore, right? But, but I mean, that's at the forefront of everybody's mind, so. Yeah, so that's done. I'm, that's my, that's what I'm afraid of today. <laughs> what are you afraid of today? What's going well, on? I'm not, really, I'm not really afraid of anything today. Um, I, I'm just, I'm tired. I've been very, very busy the last couple of weeks. Um, and with this past week, I've had, my auditions for my play Mm -hmm. that um, that's taking up a lot of my attention right now, because as you know, whenever you're starting production and you're responsible for every aspect of that production, like Mm -hmm. there's a lot of pressure to make sure that things get done correctly and planned out accordingly so that you're not wasting other people's time and, and people don't look at you like you're, you know, crazy or like you're, you're not uh, prepared or something like that. Right. Um, and I think I've got them all fooled at this point. I've had two <laughs> auditions on Thursday and Friday or Tuesday and Thursday of this week. Um, and I was very fortunate because a lot of the people that showed up were very, very good. A right. lot of them are very young. I've got enough people that I can confidently cast this play. Uh, this weekend, I'm going to really sit down and consider who would be best for each role and how they'll interact. Um, I got a lot of people. I got like an entire family of four people that wanted to just do tech work. Um, And there's two other, two other people that came in that were were interested in doing tech work. So I'm going to have loads of help behind the scenes. Um, I'm going to have excellent talent on stage. Um, a couple of the people that showed up that wanted to do tech work saw how I was sort of operating and how I was conducting the auditions and chose the, to uh, audition for a part out like on the spot because they were like, they, they liked how I was doing things and they felt confident and comfortable. Mm-hmm. But that makes me feel good. And yeah. uh, I'm really optimistic about it. There's a lot of work to be done, but I, I mean, I'm tired not in a bad i'm not fatigued in a bad way from i mean i'm tired because it's been taking up a lot of time and energy but it's not negative energy right Mm -hmm. so that's been good and i've been doing well in school i've been working my butt off in school and uh really learning a lot and and learning a lot of new skills and building confidence i've been getting excellent grades so everything's going great. Um, and then this other thing happened. <laughs> okay. Now. This is what I wanted to talk to you about today because this is going to be just a, a therapy session. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'm ready. <laughs> because I need, to, I need to process through this. Um, the prison that shut down uh, mm-hmm. where I worked previously has just has received a new contract from immigration and customs enforcement, which means they'll be opening their doors again soon. I don't have a whole lot of specific details for it, but I know that the administrators there have been contacting um, previous employees because part of marketing the facility to the government is having a staff as well as all the, you know, other things that, that physically need to be there. They also need people to run it. And they need people that know what they're doing doing it. And they have that in this area. Um, I decided a while ago that I did not want to return to that system um, because it didn't offer me the kind of uh, freedom or, or uh, um, independence that I wanted to have. And I felt like I was kind of trapped while I was there. And um I, I was I was not sorry to see it go. Bottom line, mm-hmm. um, and I started doing school and everything, and I was very fortunate in getting my schooling paid for, uh, which mm-hmm. is that's just never going to happen again. I mean, that was a, a godsend. 
that uh, mm-hmm. the situation occurred whenever all the money was available from the stimulus packages and whatnot, that I was able to get an expensive education completely for free. Right. Um, this week, one of the administrators called me and offered me a position that I'd been wanting for a while when I was there. Uh, the full-time disciplinary hearing officer position, which is essentially the judge in the prison. Mm-hmm. Yep. I had been doing it, but uh, I, I wasn't doing that primarily. I was a case manager and I would do that like kind of on the side as a, to help out the facility um, with the goal of eventually becoming the disciplinary hearing officer. But uh, I hadn't achieved that yet. That was like the next promotion that I was hoping to get. They called me and they were like, uh, we'd like you to come back to serve as disciplinary hearing officer. And I was like, well, got this other thing going on. I'm, I'm going to school. And they're like, well, we'll give you $4 more an hour. And I was like, hmm. <laughs> right, right. And then, and then they, and I was like, well, I'm not sure. And then they bumped it up again. So like, wow. we're talking like they're, they're going to throw me a shitload of money to go back Mm. and I don't know if I want to but I also I'm afraid that if I don't accept that position I'm going to regret it so one of the things I was concerned about when they opened back up I knew what it was like to be an officer there okay Um, I didn't really want to be an officer because officers have to work you know all three shifts around the clock they work weekends they work holidays they constantly have to be there Um, while I was an officer, I was unable to do things like theater, like playing my band, do all these things. Um, so I really wasn't interested, no matter how much money they threw at me in going back into taking a position like that. Uh, I, as a case manager, I had, um, Monday through Friday gig, you know, I was seven to three 30 and I was home every night and I was able to playing my band and I was able to do theater and I was able to do those things, which is why I liked my position. I didn't dislike the job. I wasn't happy with the job per se, but I didn't dislike it. I mean, I could do it. I did it well. Mm -hmm. And it, you know, it paid the bills. I didn't feel any kind of uh, existential fulfillment from it or anything, but uh, I mean, it was, it was fine. It was a good job. And it, and as I said before, had the, facility not closed i would have just i would have stayed there because i was content you know but i wasn't really doing what i wanted to do um the disciplinary hearing officer thing was something that i did want to do uh and now that i have that opportunity it'll be similar to schedule wise to to what the case management position was um basically if you're acting as the judge in the facility you have to be around when courts open which is sure. from like eight to four, right? So like you'll be there daily, eight to four, and I'll be making like a, just like a, a ton of money for this area. You know, there's nowhere else. I there's nowhere else that I could go. You know, probably in the state and make like seventy five thousand dollars a year, sure. starting out, right? Yeah, yeah. Um. So. I'm certainly not going to make that starting off as an electrician, right? We had a couple of companies come in. We had a a large contracting company called Interstates. They go around building power plants and building um, large scale industrial projects throughout the country. And one of their selling points was that they're an established company and that they can offer you all sorts of experience. And they're like, well, since you guys are going to school, when you graduate, we'll start you off at our, our apprentice level, which is like $20 an hour. And, and I was like, not impressed by that. I mean, all the kids that I'm in school with were like, wow, that's great. And I was like, that's nothing. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, we will send you all over the country for like up to a year at a time where you work, like, say, they have a facility going up in Omaha, Nebraska, right? We'll send you to Omaha for, like, a year, but we'll give you a $500 a week per diem. And I'm like, well, that's nothing either because you have to pay for your travel to get there and travel to get back. And, like, they're not going to pay for your – I asked that question. I was like, they're not going to pay for your uh, 
you know, if I want to, I have a daughter in Pennsylvania, I'm going home. No, <laughs> like you, you got to right, pay for that. Right. right. So I was like, this isn't, that's not going to work for me. Like, that's not, that's not what I want to do. But like, that's the kind of job that, that I'm potentially looking at if I stick around sure. or being an independent contractor, which is completely <laughs> a question. Right. It's a right, complete, right. like, like you get out of it, what you put into it. If you, you might have to work 80 hours a week because you got to do your own job, you, you know, whatever. Um, but there's a, a large unknown factor there. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas if I were to return to prison, I would have a consistent job that I didn't have to worry about. Well, what am I going to do this week or where am I going to be this week? You know? Um, the other thing is because it's not the Bureau of Prisons anymore, it's now Immigration and Customs Enforcement. That doesn't necessarily mean that everybody there is going to be a criminal. Sure. Right. It means that a lot of the people there are going to be criminals that have been released from their sentences and are awaiting deportation, which mm-hmm. is the same thing that like I, I dealt with him on the other end while they were in Bureau of Prisons custody before. Um but there may also be people that haven't been charged with crimes that are being held there. And I'm not comfortable with that, you know, but they're throwing a yeah. bag of money. At <laughs> now. Yeah, no, it's tough. <laughs> I also want to, I also want to clarify. Um, this is not a bad problem to have for a person, I guess, <laughs> you know, no. here I am complaining like, Oh, what job should I take whenever there's people out there that can't get any job, right? Yeah. Or they're forced to take a job that they don't want. So I recognize the privilege that I have. I recognize that the, the, this isn't a, uh, and I kind of almost feel guilty that I have these like um, concerns, right? Because sure. it's like, there's a lot of people out there that would be very happy to be in the position that I'm in, but I'm just not sure which direction to take. And I feel like I'm at a, a fork in the road where, you know, there, there's not going to be an opportunity to mm-hmm. like backtrack. If I make one decision, I, I if I, if I choose to go back to work at the prison and take the money, um, there's no way that my schooling for the electrical thing is going to be paid for whenever I sure. stop again. Like, there's no way. Like, there, the, the, the fact that I got it all paid for now is so fortunate and so lucky. That's never, ever, ever going to happen again. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, if I choose not to go back to the prison and I remain in school, I may have a job that I I want or that I enjoy doing, um, but it'll be a substantially less compensation, substantially less money. Sure. So, what do I do? Yeah, that's a tough one. I am. Well, so speaking as somebody whose dream is to one day make $45,000 a year. um, (laughs) I feel you wanting to reach to the computer and just choke (laughs) me right now. No, no, not at all. I'm, I'm always, I I am actually always really excited when my friends um, have opportunities like this, like legitimately, like when I found out that Nick and Jory were going to work for friends and neighbors and they were going to make, you know, better money than they would have ever made as pastors. I was really happy. Like, I was like, Oh man, that's great. Like, you know, because I'm, you know, me, I'm money is such a, is one of those things for me where I'm just constantly worried about money. And so I, I always feel good when friends are in good positions. I think that the things that I would, the things that I value um, other than my own fear of not having enough money for myself and my family, the things that I value are a lot of the things that you value, which are your flexibility to be able to not only have a routine that you're able to promise yourself and your kids and your wife with, like you can expect me home at this time. I can promise you that. Like I value that. Um, I, I also value like you being able to um, have time set aside that you can spend with people you love and friends you love 
doing things you love to do, like theater or your band or stuff like that. And it seems like one of the nice things that one of the nice positions you're in is the whichever you pick, there's there's a sense in which you don't have to lose those things. Right. So like if you decide, no, I'm gonna stay in school, I'm gonna become an electrician, you know, I'm gonna do this, there are sure, maybe if you decide to take a job with that company you mentioned, that might not right. happen. But there are all kinds of things you can do. Like you don't have to do that in any way. And right. and then you still get to maintain the things you value, which is really, really great. Right. Um, and it's the same if you go back to prison. Mm-hmm. I, I think that that's a good thing because I actually think that that takes a ton of pressure off of stuff. I think it on one hand, it makes the decision a little murkier. But on the other hand, I think it make it lowers the stakes a little bit where where right. like both things, you know, a man has got a great job in terms of money. Like it, it's not as though you deciding to do your electrician thing is going to cause your family to starve. That's good. Right. You know, that's right. a great thing. And so the stakes are a little lower. I think at the church, this is a, a quick story that gets to what I'm thinking about. At the mm-hmm. church uh, that I serve now, there's an upstairs in uh, the larger church building that is in pretty bad disrepair um, that nobody uses. It's this big space, though. It's basically this really big, full of potential kind of space that that just needs a ton of work in order to like be useful. And I've had different conversations with folks at the church that are like, boy, it'd be really great if we can have we can get money together to make this space a thing, right? And and I'm like, yeah, that would be great. W- what should we do with this space? And nobody has any idea. Like nobody <laughs> has, no, nobody knows what to do with the space. You know, they just want it. They just want this space to be nice so that they could do something with it. And And I'm trying to help them be like, well, I don't really think we can try to get a hold of all sorts of money to make the space good unless there's like a vision for the space. Like if one of the visions for the space is we really want to grow a youth ministry. Wow. What a great space for youth and children's ministry. That's a vision. We can do something with that vision. And now we can look for money to be able to make that vision reality. Um, and then there's all kinds of other things we could do with the space, but we just, you just need a vision. I think like that would be, if I have any wisdom, that'd be the wisdom I throw your way. Like, what is the vision if you decide to go back to the the um the prison what would be the vision that you would have for that extra money like because yeah money's great i love money i wish i had a ton of it but like the when you're faced with these two things where the stakes are relatively low and both both decisions result in still your family's doing fine you're still able to, you know, do the things you really value. The extra thing of having that more money, uh, what's the purpose of that? If the purpose mm-hmm. of it is just more security, I like like more security for yourself, your family, more vacations, all that stuff. That, that's fine. I don't think that's a bad thing. But but like, is are those extra things worth, you know? leaving school saying wow what a great opportunity i had with this but i'm gonna pivot away from that opportunity and go back to doing this other thing like like that's how i would do it like if there was a like so for me if i found myself i actually here's a funny thing i almost i almost considered dropping out of school uh two two or three days ago because (laughs) there's a a nonprofit in frederick frederick maryland who's looking for a director of development. And I would tot- I'm looking at the job description. I'm like, I'd apply, I'd apply for that job. I, and I would have, I would have applied for that job if, if I could have, like, like if I had dropped out of school and applied for that job and got it, like I'd have done that um, because I could have done the job. Like I fit what they were looking for. I definitely would have been younger than what they were looking for, but I definitely could have done the job. 
and um uh and they were offering like sixty five thousand dollars a year like it, it's a good yeah. job you know um and i and i could have done it like i could have i could have applied i could have applied i might not have had to drop out of school like i could have just applied and we'd have gone there but uh like for me the cost benefit analysis i kind of did in my head was no man i i had how do i say no to this opportunity you know how do i say no to the opportunity of getting a phd and being in school in this way and being in charlottesville and you know and and having adrea being a, a preschool here you know like like there's all kinds of things that i that that are good things that you know were handed to me yeah because right. of work i did but they were still handed to me that i didn't ask for um that i would have had to say no to in favor of more money right I'm not saying that's the same position you're in because like I, like I've said, like at the start, from my perspective, it really looks like a lot of the stuff that you value, you get to keep no matter what you pick. And that's a great right. place to be in, but that would be, that's kind of the, that's what I see from my perspective right now right. is if you have a vision for that extra money, like if, and, and, and it doesn't have to be like this great noble vision, but if you have a vision for that extra money outside of, wouldn't it be great to have extra money? Well, you and know, I mean, that's, I that's, that's really the, that's really the, the, the question, because I mean, people say money can't buy happiness, but it sure as hell helps. Okay. Yes. <laughs> you know, um, right. my daughter is going to go to school someday. And she's going to need money. And, and my fan, I would like to retire someday. My wife would like to retire someday. And I could, by earning that extra, I mean, we're talking, it, 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 the the new contract is is guaranteed for five years, and then it has five annual renewals. It was it's similar to what the um, the way that the other contracts are structured. Um, but you know, seventy five thousand dollars a year for five years is you know what four hundred thousand dollars, three hundred and seventy dollars. That's a boatload of money. You know, mm -hmm. so even if they do close it after five years and I'm in the same situation, uh, I can always go back to school and get my education, but I will not be able to go back to school and get my education handed to me like it is being handed to me now. The problem is, if I stay in school, I have that additional weight of earning money while I'm at school meaning mm -hmm. I have to work outside of school to sustain the lifestyle that my wife and I have created already. Right now, as you said, my wife has a good job. We're not going to starve, but we do have expenses and we have a level of expenses commensurate with what I was making and what she was making together. Yeah. We were fortunate that we were able to satisfy all of our obligations without having to really budget. Right. We were sure, of fortunate that we didn't have to cut corners. We if Amanda wanted to go on a hike and go buy a five hundred dollar tent, she just did it. You know, and we were we were very fortunate that we were able to do that. Um, and that was a comfortable and nice place to be. <laughs> but yeah. that's not where we're going to be if I stay in school, because I don't there's a question mark there. There's. There's, I don't know how much I'm going to make. I'm, we're not going to starve, but we're not going to have that level of, of comfort or that level yeah. of stability that we've had for the last 15 years with my job. You know, if I don't go back, I have, I mean, if I were to go back, I get my five weeks vacation back right away. You know, five weeks of vacation. Show me another job where you get five weeks of vacation. Right. right? Like it, it it's, it's such a good offer. It's such a good opportunity that it's hard to turn it down without, without second guessing yourself. Sure. The, the real question for me is I have this damn conscience, right? <laughs> I have this yeah. damn liberal mentality where I'm like, I don't know if I want to be in the business of keeping people in prison that aren't, uh, citizens of our country 
I don't know if I want to do that. On the other hand, who's going to do it if I don't? How are they going to be treated if I'm not there? You know, like if I'm the judge at the prison, I had a lot of of freedom and liberty in that position whenever I was there, whenever we were under the Bureau of Prisons. I didn't answer to the warden, right? I didn't answer to the people that were at the facility. Like I I got to say, this is how it's going to be. And I got to use my own judgment and my own sense of righteousness and fairness and my own understanding of the rules and the policies and apply them in a way that I believe was fair, regardless of whether or not you believe that a person should be in prison or not be in prison, whatever. The fact is they're going to be there one way or another. And the people that are going to be there to take care of them and support them and to observe them and to, you know, control them have Mm -hmm. to have a certain amount of uh, decency and humanity and competence, right? Which I feel I'll bring to that, right? Yeah. But Mm -hmm. but it's still it's still a moral conundrum. Yeah, yeah. Of course. So if I don't do it, who will? And somebody's going to be making that money. You know, somebody's going to be making that money. I mean, it's not like it's not like if I don't take the job that they're going to. Well, we're going to suddenly reform our uh, immigration policies in the country. Right. Like it's not that's not going to happen. So like this damn conscience of mine keeps going, man, I don't know if you should be doing that. And then then the other side of me goes, well, they're going to do it anyway. So maybe you should be on board with it and be there to make sure that they're not abusing it. (laughs) So what do you think about that? I think that's a good, but that's a great point. You know, I, I, I experienced a lot of stuff like that when I, when I retook a church job, right? Like it's not the exact same thing, but, but like I have a lot of, there was a lot of moral reasons to not be a part of the United Methodist church. Like (laughs) there really is, you know, as you know, as I've explained it to you over and over, (laughs) but um, as a, uh, as my dear friend Herm once told me, uh communist term there is only one uh uh consumable thing that you can consume ethically under capitalism and that's pussy uh and 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 i'm like i'm like man her must be swimming in women there's no there's no chance he might be for all i know it's that is meant to I think ease some of the liberal guilt because Herm. So yeah. like not not to not to go all commie on you. Like Herm <laughs> would be the Herm would be the first to tell you that he is not a liberal. Like well, I'm yeah. not a liberal. Like I, you know, Herm's like I'm a communist. Like what that means is I value labor. I value um, making sure that folks who are laboring make make money and right. are rewarded for their labor, and right. I value collectivity you know, that, that we're helping each other, which means for Herm that when, if we're not in a communist system, you create collectivity when you can, mm-hmm. and, you know, you, you make the deals you have to make for your labor to be valued and for you to make money. <laughs> like, like that's right. what you, do. you know, that's why he believes in unions, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> like right. those do all those things. And so like, for me, you know, that, when I retook the church show, that's how I justified it. Like, was it a justification? Yeah, I guess if you want to have this sort of, this sort of puritanical morality, which we all struggle with, like, then yeah, it is a justification. I, I decided to take money once again from United Methodists, you know, those motherfuckers who hate gay people. I decided yeah. to take United, <laughs> money from United Methodists again. Um, why? We got we to gotta pay off debt. Like we, we gotta we gotta live in, in this world. Um I that's what I would offer to you in that. Like like if your conscience like like hey man, if your conscience really won't let you sleep at night, I respect yeah. that a hundred percent. And I'd be like, Yeah, that is a good enough reason for me as your friend and as a person for for me to be like, Yeah, it's just you, you just the conscience won't let him do it, then don't do it. Do not let your brain eat itself over the issue. Yeah. But like I I would want you to, you know, if it were me, 
these are the things that I'd be saying to myself, like, can I do this job well? Can I, can I do it in a way that ethically I'd be able to live with myself? Right. You know, like, I, I think there are some jobs out there that like, how do you do that job ethically in a way right. that, like, I'm going to be an executioner, like, like, <laughs> you know, like but I only killed bad people. Like, like right. you know, there's really no way that. Or I'm know. going to be a hedge fund manager. You know? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I'm going to steal old ladies' money. <laughs> like, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to be a televangelist preacher who flies around <laughs> in a jet. Like, like no, right. like that's ridiculous. But that's not what you're doing. And like right. as you said, like this job will be done by somebody. You saying no is, is, you know, is on one hand only a moral victory for you. Right. You know, it would, it would not be a moral victory for anyone else. Um, and, and, and on the other and hand, what's more, what's more is I, gar- I guarantee you the person that does accept that job, if it's not me, is not going to have these same sort of moral hiccups, right? They're yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like ninety percent of the people that are going to be there aren't going to be as uh, reflective or considerate of the situation. They're going to look at the paycheck and go, "Oh, I'll do that." You yeah, know, absolutely. So, and and that kind of frightens me in a way because, like, that that breeds uh, uh, a level of um, callousness or yeah, a level a level of. Uh, uh, unattachment to the job uh, being done the way that it needs to be done or should be done um, because, and I think we run into that a lot in society where we put people, people get positions for the wrong reasons or, yep. or with the wrong motivations. Um, now I'm not saying that, I mean, let's, I'm, I'm not trying to be a, a, on a moral high horse here. If they're only offering $40,000, I wouldn't even be considering it. Sure. Right. I wouldn't no, even think right. about it. So, but I mean, somebody's going to be making, you know, 75 K a year. And if that person's not as thoughtful or considerate or fair, uh, it's going to hurt the people that are affected by that more than if I yeah. were to do it. You know what I mean? You're like right. you were you were talking about, you know, the the moral hiccups that you have working for the United Methodist Church. I can tell you firsthand, you did a lot of good work while you were in that system. It may not have been the perfect system for you. You may have had your own moral concerns about it, but you were able to reach people and you were able to do a lot of positive things within that role that you were made to be not totally comfortable with. Does that make sense? It does. It does. So, I appreciate that. I don't know. <laughs> I'm still not sure what I should do. <laughs> I hear you. I mean, like, I, hey, I, I do. I would agree that this is a tough, a tough position to be in. You know, I really would. Tough I, decision. A, tough position, but not a bad position. I want to be it clear. It is not a bad it. position. It is not a bad position. I think that. You know, if if I don't know how good the money would have to be, it it need to be. But then again, it's me, like like where I where I come from. Like I said, forty five grand, like like oh my <laughs> yeah. god, you know, and dental, like like that would just be nuts. <laughs> but um, but like the money would have to be pretty darn good for me to sort of throw where I'm at in school, like for, right. for me to go. I guess I'm done now you know like yeah. like i guess i'll throw out the funding I'll, I'll i'll be done um oh i need to, to move I, I guess we're all moving again like like it, it would need to be a lot um and so and 75 grand might would probably be uh enough for me actually i could imagine <laughs> what I'll, I'll tell you i'll tell you a story then at the you end, want me to know, send you an application for <laughs> i might i might do it i don't know brother i think that I think from from my perspective, I'll stay, I'll reiterate I'll reiterate the main points of of what I think where I would be like if you had a vision for the extra money, like and you said to yourself, okay, well with this extra money, I'd be able to uh, not just maintain. There's there's lots of value in maintaining the the, the lifestyle that you and your family are using. 
there's lots of value to that. I'm not denying that. But like, you know, you're taking on, I think of it in terms of what am I taking on, right? Am I right. taking on, I'm taking on, you know, a, a moral conundrum here. Yeah. How, how do I balance the scales out? Not just how do I look at myself in the mirror at night, but like, like right. how do I balance, if, if I'm going to take on an unquiet mind, right. you know, what, what needs to happen for me to be able to go, that unquiet mind is worth it for, for these reasons, right? And, and like, and as long as the scales are balanced, isn't that ultimately what, what it comes down to? Why, why we look at disgust, so many politicians, right? Like, like the scales are just not balanced. Like, well, I've decided to, to, you know, not to, to, to ban all mask mandates in schools and let COVID-19 spread. But Hey, at least I made a million dollars. Like, fuck you. Like, like. The scales are not balanced, you know. Right. What what would what would you what would you need to do to balance the scales if you were to take that job? Would be the question I would ask. You don't you don't have to have an answer, but like right now. Well, but. like I said, I, I think that you know that job is a job where you're putting people's lives um, and liberties in jeopardy, right? Yeah. There 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 needs to be care and there needs to be uh, consideration when those sorts of things happen and they're going to happen. Yeah. I don't know that I would feel morally reprehensible about being there and making the correct decisions. Sure. You know, mm -hmm. um, I, I feel the situation is a poor one. The, yeah. but that that's not something that, that I'm going to be able to change whether I take the job or not take the job. Right. Mm -hmm. So, and the other thing, the other thing that sucks is, well, that doesn't suck, but the other thing that's kind of, I mean, this is a layup. I mean, I got that job. They called me. I didn't ask. Yeah, for that's, it. that's a great, you know, place to be like in. they, yeah. they didn't, I mean, they, they asked me, they're like, we want you, you know? So I'm like, hmm. but the other, the, the, the thing that's really bothering me about it on a personal level is I really like what I'm doing at school. I really sure. like the work that I'm doing there. It's really satisfying. It's it's not going to be as lucrative, but it's it's well. I mean, it could be more lucrative if I play my cards right, I suppose. But like, that's a question mark. That's not a guaranteed thing. Like this right. this thing that I'm being contacted for from them, they're saying here's a guaranteed thing that you know you're you're set up. You're going to be able to keep doing plays. You're going to be able to keep playing in your band you're going to be able to stay in your home that you put all this work into you're going to be able to provide for your family you're going to be able to save money for your daughter you're going to be able to do all these things come work for us and i'm going well i yeah but i'd really like to learn how to like wire stuff <laughs> you know? but I, but i enjoy that work like i i, I enjoy it and, and i'm really doing well with it and i'm and i'm afraid that if i I, I look at it like if, if, if I don't take this opportunity now, I'll never know what I could have done. Yeah. Right. I, I felt liberated whenever the prison shut down in a strange way. I mean, it was nerve wracking and that I didn't know where my next paycheck was going to come from. But I felt like that that freedom for a moment, that 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 um, opportunity, that the world is your oyster sort of thing that i haven't felt in years right yeah and i know that if i go back into the prison system uh i'll be right back in my cloistered sort of uh trapped feeling shortly thereafter it's only going to be a few paychecks that are going to make me feel good and then i'm going to feel like i'm stuck again yeah <laughs> you know yeah so Uh, yeah. That's... Well, well then, well then, I to, to me, I'm about to say something that if Amanda Amanda might listen back to this and go, he's never allowed to come back. You know, <laughs> he, I uh, as your friend, you know, you you should follow that feeling. Yeah. Well, and you know, ironic that you I mentioned was... that because I thought when I, I Amanda was camping this weekend and they just came back in today, 
today was the first opportunity that I had to explain to her what was going on. And um, she was basically like, well, do what you want. <laughs> you That's know? great. So yeah. I, I'm fortunate that I have a partner. And, you know, quite frankly, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have married her if she wasn't such a good person. But, yeah, like, but like, she's like, well, do what you want. You know, we'll, we'll figure it out. And that makes it even harder <laughs> in a way <laughs> because because it puts all the responsibility on me like if if amanda would have said absolutely not you're gonna make this kind of money you get your ass back to the prison at least i would have had that time to like right deflect some of the responsibility away from myself yeah, right yeah, like it's been like well my wife's gonna kill me if i don't take this job or if she would have said absolutely not you're a miserable bastard when you work there you finish school then at least i you know but when she and to her credit, I love her to death, but she says, yeah, do what you want. I'm like, that's not helping. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, well, then I, I feel even better saying that. So, like, I think that I think that if it was me, the money would be really tempting for me. It would it, it would have the ability to quiet a ton of my insecurities and 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 I would do it. Um, however, you have way more um, intimate knowledge of this than I do. And, and you do. And you just said you did. Like, you already know how you feel. You already know how, you already know how this system makes you feel and what it does to you. You already know that. And, and, and so you, even though have probably similar relationships with money that I do in some way, <laughs> like, you have, uh, if I may say something theological, you see that you see the truth and the good a little clearer than I do. Hmm. And you say, yeah, but even though that's there, like I, I know how leaving the prison made me feel and I know what it did to me. And so as your friend, I, I, and I will take ownership of this when, when we, when you finish school and you, if you <laughs> decide this, if you decide this, you know, if you decide to stay, stay in school, become an electrician all of that and and life falls apart which i don't think it will but if it does i'll stay i'll i'll take ownership of it i would advise you to continue following the feeling that makes you feel liberated right and you know what what i would do if if somebody were to ask me just point blank what do you want to do i want to finish school yeah i want i want to finish school like i want to i want to finish school and i want to have that um, in my pocket, mm-hmm. you know, I want to feel useful, <laughs> sure. you know, when, when my friends are calling me and they say, Hey, I need this, or I need that. Nobody's calling me, asking me for money. Right. They don't do that. I would no. give it to them if they did, <laughs> yeah, but know. you know, my friends don't call and say, I need money. They call and say, my receptacle won't work over my bathroom sink can you fix it and i can go yeah you know i want i want to feel useful right and i want to and i enjoy doing the electrical thing i like it like it's it's i know it's new to me and it may 15 years after being an electrician i may hate it i don't know that but i know right now i enjoy it so if people if somebody were to say what do you want to do i would say well i want to finish school but I also want to take care of my family. I also want to take care right. of my wife and my daughter. I also want to provide for them as best I can. And I don't think that being an electrician will not allow me to pr- produce or provide for them. It just won't be as immediate and it won't be as easy. It won't be as handed to me on a platter. This is being handed to me on a platter. And either way, like I'm refusing a gift. Right. Sure. I'm, ref- yeah. I'm refusing the gift of having my schooling paid for in the situation that I was in. That's a gift. And also the gift of having the opportunity to go back to the prison and make even more money than I was making before in a position that I kind of was was desirable to me at the time. So sure. I have two gifts and I have to choose between which gift I want to receive. It's a beautiful situation to be in. It's a re- I recognize the privilege. But it's a, it's a still a difficult choice, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
So yeah. Well, how about this? You know, I uh, being a being a Slytherin, which even though I hate invoking <laughs> Harry Potter in this moment, being a Slytherin means that I I am constantly looking for all the ways that I can get the most bang for my buck. Right. Have you have you talked to? What if you tried talking to the prison about uh, seeing if they can pay for your school and what thing you can work on with that? Well, I know I, I know it's two totally. I know it's conflicting things just in terms of time frame. I get I get that, but like, have you? If they want you so bad, you know, why not? Why not talk to them about that? Well, let's be honest. I think the reason they want me is because I'm the easy choice for them as well. That's true. I know what I'm doing. They know that I know what I'm doing. They already paid to send me to Colorado for training. They already paid Washington, D.C. for training. I am the um, convenient and sort of obvious choice for them as well. I mean, let's be honest, they're making a business decision. They want to market their facility to, to obtain a contract and they want to have people that they know can do the job. They're not asking me back because they love me. They're asking me back because they love what I can do for them. They don't care what they can do for me. Like they'll That's fill true. that position with someone else. But in terms of, um, ease and confidence I'm their guy because like they, but that was always my issue with them they always treated us like we were um assets and not individuals right mm -hmm. they mm -hmm. always treated us for, uh, in terms and that's the way most places are they treat people based on their usefulness and how how can you help me achieve what I want right that's right. how most of them work um so I don't fault them for that but like, let's not be disillusioned here. They're not, they're not asking me to come back because out of any sort of sense of loyalty or anything for me, they, they want right. what's best for them. And it happens to be me. Right. right. And if I choose not to do that, they're not going to lose any sleep. They'll find somebody else. I'm sure. Sure. So yeah, I don't owe those fuckers anything. You don't. <laughs> you don't. You don't. That. <laughs> that, that, that's a, uh, if, if I, learn one lesson from my wife it's it's that too it's it i've learned too it's what amanda said to you we can do whatever we want we'll make it work just <laughs> yeah whatever that said that to me when i was thinking about applying for phd program yeah. and uh what she said to me about the united methodist church you don't know those fuckers anything right you, you don't know them you don't know them anything just mm -hmm. just leave or stay or whatever right I, that would be, I think, I think for me, so I don't, I don't talk myself out of what I just said, because, <laughs> because I've got the voice of Mark Shear. My dad is wonderful. Like he's listeners. My dad's really, really great. And when I was thinking about taking this, going back to being a pastor part-time, he was the first person I called to talk about it. And, and my dad's like, you know, my dad's listening to me and my dad's like, I assume that you're years about money you've learned from watching me for 30 years <laughs> right. my dad and i my dad and i share the same fear uh but my dad uh told me in that conversation he was like ethan i don't know if you remember this very well but one time um you know maybe 15 years ago or so uh we were talking about me look this is my dad talking now me looking for a new job and changing the stuff that i was doing my dad um and you told me that uh when we were growing up and you know when you were growing up that you never thought i was happy that's what my dad said to me like you said to me when you were uh, when you were young dad you never struck me as being very happy when we were kids um, and my dad was like, Ethan, that's really stuck with me because I wasn't, I wasn't happy at all. I wasn't happy. My dad worked for Johnson and Johnson for a long time. Like my dad's a mechanical engineer and he went into, he's a white collar guy. He still is a white collar guy, but, but he almost got a, a big executive job with Amazon. Like, like he, he, he's, he is a successful and really competent guy. 
And one of the things that my dad told me was, you know, it's money's great, but like, it's really just not worth being unhappy around your family. It's really just not worth it. It's way better to be happy around your family. And, you know, and that, and he was like, Hey, cause he, he heard me when I was talking to him about going back to the, to the church, he was like, Hey man, it's good to be out of debt and it's good to save money for a house. And it's good to be able to take a day at the dinner once a week. Like that's all really, really great. You know, but like when I was, my dad's like, but when I was doing that for you guys, I was miserable. <laughs> you right. know? And then I'd come home. And I was miserable at home, you know, and, and it didn't matter that we got to go out to eat that night. <laughs> right. I was miserable. And you saw that I was miserable. You remember me being miserable. And so, like, I think that's the thing. Like, if, if you can do this job and not be miserable, then, you know what, then maybe it's good to do that job. And then, and then like, you go, yeah, like, I'll do this job. I'll retire. I'll become an electrician then and I'll be cool, you know, yeah. like, and I'll be this cool old electrician. I'll do stuff. That's, that's, <laughs> that's a totally cool thing, man. Like do that. Yeah. That's great. But like, if you, if you're going to be, if, if like you are really going to be a little miserable yeah. and you're going to come home, you know, and, 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 you know, be like, no, I'm too, I'm too miserable to play today, yeah. you know, like, or stuff like that. And, and that's, I just don't think it's worth it. And that's going to happen because, I know that it happened whenever I was there for 15 years before that, when I'm making decisions on a daily basis now, and I was doing it then too, to a a different degree, but like I'm making decisions that are going to impact people's lives in a, in a profound way. Um, And I am the type of reflective person that like, I take that seriously. And I think about it. Like I never, I always made a, 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 a rule that I wouldn't bring my work home with me mm-hmm. from the prison. And I think I did a pretty good job of uh, um, pretending to do that with my family, sure. but I always had it with me anyway. And I think that my wife in particular recognized that because, you know, she would be, she would be complaining about something from school that was like totally mundane to me. And, and I would kind of be tuned out. And she would be like, are you listening to me? And I would be like, Amanda, did anybody get stabbed today? (laughs) You know, right. Shut up. You know, you had to wait 15 minutes on a bus line. Give me a break. That's nothing. Like I had to go into a cell that a guy got stabbed 73 times today. I don't want to hear about your problems. That, my friend, is taking work home with you, even whenever, even whenever you're pretending not to, you know, and if the reason that you get paid as well as you do to do the things that I was doing is because you have to live with those things all the time, whether you're right. at work or not, you know, um, for some people that aren't as reflective as me, <laughs> maybe sure. it's not so much a problem, but for me, it truly does impact my, my mood <laughs> and my demeanor and, you know, the way I interact with the people that I love, you know, I don't mean to disrespect my wife by not, letting her vent about her uh problems but when i can't get my own problems out of my head it's only unfair to her in a way um and she doesn't deserve that kind of uh reaction whenever she's just trying to you know get something off her chest right and and that that's going to happen i guarantee you that's going to happen if i take the job with the prison again because whatever happens at work is going to, whether I present it or not, is going to still be going on in, inside my brain whenever I'm not at work. I'm going to be wondering if I made the right decision or if, you know, I'm going to be worrying about this, that, or the other thing. Whereas with the electrician thing on a mental level, it's going to be way, way less stressful, way right. less stressful. You know, I'm going to come home and I'm going to feel good about what I did all day. <laughs> right sure i'm sure. i'm gonna feel i'm gonna feel content i'm I'm gonna i'm gonna know that whenever i plug this thing in and it worked that like i did my job and i'm gonna be yeah i'm gonna have that level of satisfaction right and i won't have the same sort of uh uh mental anguish but i also won't have the same kind of paycheck <laughs> you're right and and i'm not here to deny that you know i'm not yeah. here to i'm not here to deny that at all i i think that 
Um, I'll stand by it. I'll stand by it. You don't owe those fuckers anything. Yeah. And and you don't and and you definitely don't owe them your happiness. And you definitely right. don't owe them your your you know yelling at your wife or or being <laughs> right. miserable. Like right. Like I my vote is this. My vote is you stay in school, you become an electrician. Yeah. Every part of my body is screaming at me right now. I need you to know that. Like, <laughs> like, like, like I believe this. Like like the saved part of me is like, good job, Ethan, straight to heaven. And then like all the other parts of me are like, you're the dumbest fucker. You know? <laughs> you're the dumbest fucker and the worst friend on the planet. But no, like, well, but no. I appreciate I appreciate the uh at least you're you're taking a side that helps a lot, you know. I'm glad. Like like I may not I may not side. listen to you. Let's be let's be frank. I may not that's listen fine. to you. I will not be least... mad if you don't listen to me, not at all. <laughs> but but my but... vote my vote is to stay in school, become an electrician and and see what you got yeah i think that's what i want to do i think that's what i want to do so that's that's the direction i'm leaning um but i i feel bad for the listener at this point because they're probably listening to me complaining about both of these beautiful opportunities and they're just like shut the fuck up you know (laughs) well laura i apologize listeners for making you deal with my bullshit which isn't really that bad so <laughs> no no it's fine laura ingram on her show the other day was like uh we got to get rid of all government assistance because hunger is a powerful motivator and i'm like mm, that's just what <laughs> dr king said <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. oh my god are you a super villain what the fuck is wrong with you <laughs> You're right. You know, Stop the children. <laughs> but she's a perfect example of one of those people that took the paycheck over the the uh, moral um, certainty. Yeah, <laughs> right? yeah. Mm-hmm. Don Hannity, Tucker Carlson, Laura Ingraham, uh, Jim Jordan, yeah, uh, Donald right. Trump, like all those all those people that I consider pariahs have chosen mm-hmm. to take the money over what was right, you know? Sure. And um, I don't want to be one of those guys. <laughs> no, no. No, you don't. I don't either. Don't get me wrong. I'd be Sean Spicer because that, that's, like that's like a dream job, being spicy. I've, I've, I'm sure I've shared that with you. Like the, 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 the ultimate improv comedy act, you know? <laughs> what, did, what, did the, what did Trump say today? All right, let's spin it, you know? And then you, and then you just go out there and it's just, you, you just feel so alive, you know? Yeah. I would do that. But, but no, you're right. You're but right. That just, shows, that just shows that like people like you and I are cut from a different stock because like I couldn't do, I couldn't do Tucker Carlson's job. Sure. You know? I couldn't yeah. go out there and bald faced lie to people and get right. people all amped up. Did you see, did you see the Tennessee school board hearing um, footage what, that was re- recently? What a shame. What, like, what a human shame. Right. Like now that's an example, uh, uh, of the sort of things that, that, that Laura Ingraham and Tucker Carlson are like, they're, they're trading that for money. <laughs> right? right and yep. and that those people are affected by what they do those people are affected by what they say and it has real consequences in their lives and we have people now that that are for lack of a better term possessed yeah <laughs> right i mean people were acting like animals at that at that oh, yeah. uh, that school board hearing it was insane Somebody asks you to put on a mask to protect their kid and you're going to threaten their lives. You're going to like follow them out into the parking lot to the degree that they need a police escort because you're so insane. You've been fed all this insane bullshit that you get that angry about it. Listen, I don't want to wear a mask either, but like I'm not going to flip out and threaten to kill somebody over it. Give me a break. I couldn't do Tucker Carlson's job because I couldn't. I couldn't set that shit out there and sleep at night. I couldn't do it. Right. Right. You know, you're right. I feel you. I feel you. That's crazy, brother. Well, <laughs> I, I am glad that we talked like this. I actually felt really good. Like, like I, I was like, oh, we're having like a real, this is like a real heart to heart. 
We're like really, we're like really bonding today. This is real good. Yeah, it's you know, almost as, like we're sitting on my back porch over hookah again. You know, it's almost like that. This is like this is like a real hookah chat, man. We got <laughs> we got an after school special hookah chat going on. That's good. That's good. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna sign us off, but then I'll Please probably do. tell you a story before you go, and that'll All be right. like a bonus episode or something. Right on, listeners. Hey, thanks for listening to us. This has been uh, another episode of Hookah Chats with Matt and Ethan. We will see you next time.